0: Let me tell you of the days of high adventure. Hello, I'm Kevin. I'm John.
1: And this is Six Degrees of Schwarzenegger, the podcast where we take a long, hard look back at some of our favorite action movies from the era of (laughs)
0: Arnold. Schwarzenegger is the icon of the genre, and we're taking a deep dive into some of these 80s and 90s cult action movies and breaking them all the way down. We're going to get into the nitty gritty and examine the good, the bad, the ugly, and the laughable in these movies. But we're always coming from a place of love. You don't watch these movies as much as we have unless you have a genuine affection for them. We're back. We are. Thank God. I've been <laughs> it's waiting. Been, it's been too long. I've been waiting oh. for a girl like you. Deep cut. Yeah, big time. Um, <laughs> How are you doing, man? Man, I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Life's good. Life's busy as shit. Why are we here, John? What we're what we're here for, Kevin, is to talk about movies, <laughs> <laughs> movies that we love so great. And today we're here to talk about. We're here to kick off the first episode. Of our series on Con Air from 1997. Con fucking Air. What you were just describing as being like one of those movies that was right on the cusp, right at the precipice before action movies stopped being R rated masterpieces and sort of yeah. devolved into.
1: I feel like the movies, well, this is like, this is one of the movies I feel like it was instrumental in like the genre, just sort of jumping the shark. Mm-hmm. This is a Jerry Bruckheimer movie. And right. he like does this Jerry Bruckheimer thing where he wants like, he had mastered, I think, the formula of the blockbuster, you know, even from back in his Top Gun and right. Beverly Hills Cop days. But really, the, the action genre, like he had sort of carved his own little niche with Bad Boys and the Rock before right. this one. They were like these sort of super glossy stylized, like they looked like a music video or something yeah. like that.
0: It's sort of the direct precursor to like the Michael Bay yeah. Thing. Well,
1: like, it was he was like I guess he found Michael Bay doing whatever Michael Bay was doing before. I guess. Videos, music right? Videos, yeah, I
0: videos and commercials, um, and just said you know, and
1: even uh, Tony Scott who directed Top Gun, I think, was found directing commercials and music videos and stuff. And he was like, "I wonder, I bring I wonder how bring your aesthetic, of it- your amazing
0: aesthetic, to a feature length film." I also wonder if they were like bring your aesthetic, but then they looked at the the spreadsheet and they were like. He's under budget. Hire him. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know. maybe.
1: But I mean, this is just like, yeah, this movie is all, all those Bruckheimer movies almost felt like plug and play. Like, yeah, for sure. We're just going to take the same formula. It's really what the same thing that the Marvel movies do now. Oh, totally. Which is Just spin the same movie out over and over the same beats, yep. the same jokes, the same tone and tempo. And yeah. Editing style and everything,
0: which is why I'm I'm sad to say I've, I've sort of fallen off the Marvel train. It's been a while since I've watched anything. I think Loki. I powered through Loki, though I said I wouldn't. And I, I was watched like, any Ugh. of the series. Yeah, I watched Loki and I watched um, WandaVision, which I love. You didn't do Moon Knight. I haven't watched Moon Knight yet. I haven't done that. And it's either. just like well, it's because I and saw I, some, I saw some prizes. amazing meme that showed someone as like, you know, having to watch 400 hours of Marvel movies and shows to get ready for the next thing and it's like that's the truth man it's like i shouldn't have to go back and do all this shit but anyway but
1: are you going to watch the new thor i don't yeah Taika. because it's
0: Tyka. because yeah. it's Tyka.
1: yeah i figured you had to
0: yeah i, I love Tyka. dude love him
1: i haven't watched uh the our flag means death yet have you
0: i know but I mean, he's like Blackbeard or whatever, yeah, I but they just got I picked up to. for another season. So I'm yeah. definitely going to watch that. Yeah. If not, just because the, the cast tweets were so funny. They're like, <laughs> yeah. I just I just got back from taking my son to school. Did we get picked up for another season? So good. Uh,
1: but we, we are. Uh, we digress. We digress. <laughs> we're not here to talk about Conair the, the, the hair dryer, the yeah. blow dryer brand. <laughs> we're here to talk about the movie. Uh, 1997. Yeah. Directed by Simon West doing lo- his first ever movie.
0: Yeah, this that's crazy to me, but he he's done lots of other stuff since, but the only thing that I've seen is mm-hmm. Expendables 2.
1: Do you know what he's famous for before this movie? No. He directed Never going to give you up the music video.
0: That's awesome. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> wow. Rick Astley, the Rick well, Roller the, it's, himself. It's a shame that, that he is not cemented in the zeitgeist <laughs> as much as Rick is, but well done, Simon West. That's yeah, awesome. He
1: directed it. What did you mention? Expendables 2?
0: Expendables 2. Tomb Raider, he did the one with... Um, I, never, the, I never saw the Angelina yeah, one.
1: Yeah, I didn't either. General's Daughter. I remember the title. It's Travolta, right? And then The Mechanic, like the remake of that Charles Bronson movie he did Okay. With, with Jason Statham, I think, but yeah, it was like a lot of, he was like doing the Michael Bay style. He was like, if if you can't get Michael Bay, here's a guy who can imitate that. It feels like
0: there were so many times as I was sort of tipsily watching this movie (laughs) where where I was, where I would be like, wait, who directed this? It's not Bay. Right. And 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 then had to go back and be like, okay, because there are lots of things. I was like, it feels like Michael Bay. This
1: movie and gone in 60 seconds were like knockoff Michael Bay movies for sure. Yeah. Produced by Jerry Bruckheimer, as we mentioned, like, but this was his first movie without Don Simpson. Right. Who had died during production on The Rock. Right. The year before. R.I.P. Uh, written by a
0: dude named Scott Rosenberg. Speaking of Gone in 60 Seconds.
1: Yeah, wrote Gone in 60 Seconds, wrote the newer
0: Jumanji movies. This dude is fucking prolific. Oh, yeah? You were digging his stuff? Just... Or just the volume? Just the sheer... I mean, because he, he's still super active in TV predominantly, but... He wrote uh, the '90s staple "Beautiful Girls," which is like Matt Dillon and like shit tons of other like the the, your uh, big marquee '90s stars. And then "Gone in 60 Seconds," which you said. And then he wrote the screenplay for High Fidelity, which was awesome. That's one of my like favorite movies.
1: Yeah, that movie's so fucking good, and it's such a departure from what this movie is, big time. But yeah, I don't, fidelity, I, I, I I don't know how, they, how much
0: they adapted that from the original, the Nick Hornsby Sitting book. right
1: behind you, it what? exists
0: on my bookshelf. I it's haven't, coming, I haven't ever
1: read it. It's coming home with
0: me tonight. Do you want it? Maybe. You, you want can borrow one, I've it, had borrow it for it. years and I haven't read it. So yeah, I need to, I just finished Heart of Darkness. so yeah, I, need another it. It. I know the book to is read. set in London. That's cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's all I know
1: is that it's set in London. I think it's a similar story though. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and also apparently sort of written by this dude named Jonathan Hensley, this okay. movie, who has been mentioned on this podcast before because he okay. was also like sort of ghost wrote The Rock. Oh, I think he well, wrote the shooting script for The Rock.
0: That makes sense since this movie is The Rock.
1: He got, a, he got an executive <laughs> producer credit on this movie in lieu of a writer's credit, I think. He also wrote Die Hard with a Vengeance. He wrote The Saint, which I think Ooh, you mentioned yeah, enjoying that, that one. That
0: movie's good. And he
1: wrote the original
0: Jumanji. Uh, I loved movie. that movie too. <laughs> yeah, the Robin Williams one.
1: Oh, and he's also uncredited uh, ghost ghostwriter for Gone in 60 Seconds. Also, so it's all very incestuous uh Low
0: rider, Donnie Donnie Low Lowrider, Low rider, Donnie. <laughs> uh,
1: and he's married to Gail Ann Hurd, who Tell uh, me more. is the producer of he was she was James Cameron's longtime producing partner. Oh yeah produced yeah, yeah yeah. Terminator, yeah, 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 and yeah. Aliens and like so much other good shit.
0: Which makes me feel like we could we could pivot the the way that we do this show and, and do an actual, like, six degrees of... Sh- how does it all lead back to Just Schwarzenegger? Schwarzenegger, well, here you go. Yeah, like, big time. Nailed it. So, yes.
1: Gail Ann Hurd, we know
0: you're listening. Yeah, we, you're, we know you're listening. You're our
1: number one fan, <laughs> you and Daniel Day-Lewis, <laughs> have listening parties. <laughs>
0: Oh, John. The both of of you are are drinking uh, like $2,000 bottles of wine, (laughs) smoking hashish, and listening to our podcast.
1: Um, But anyway, she's she's married to Jonathan Hensley.
0: We know you're listening. Thank you for your support.
1: And as I understand it, the the movie basically is based off a newspaper article about Conair which is, like, its its real title is The Justice Prisoner and Alien Transportation System, uh, which formed in 1995. Okay. Remember we talked about yeah. on, on Passenger 57, like, how do they really transfer yep. these prisoners around? And I don't know what they did before 1995, but after 1995, they do have, like, a couple of jetliners, and they transport them around on on
0: separate plane, like, yeah, away but, from the general public. Yeah, but my question is, Even before we get started, like, there's so many logistics (laughs) about, like, the route that they're taking in this movie and stuff. It's like, this, (laughs) it is, it's insane to think that, yeah, this will go off without a hitch. No problems. I think in the original,
1: as I understand it, the original version of the script was going to be more on the East Coast than the Mm -hmm. West Coast. And they were going to, in the end, crash, the plane was going to, like, crash land on the White House lawn or some shit. Um, rather okay. than Las the, Vegas, into the into
0: Vegas. the sands. Yeah, and they're like, but wait, we got a hotel that we're gonna blow up anyway.
1: Yeah, let's <laughs> fucking do it. It is so much better the way it is. Yeah, totally. I think we're, what happened actually was the year before Independence Day came out, and they blew up the White House in that movie, and they were like, ah, we should we can't. It. Yeah.
0: What, was it, what, what if it happened in the same universe and the White House wasn't there? It's already wrecked. It's being rebuilt. <laughs> the White House wasn't there. <laughs> anyway, Kevin, who's in this fucking movie? Oh,
1: my gosh. Stars. Who's uh,
0: not in this movie? Yes. Start with that list instead.
1: Stars Nicolas Cage.
0: Yeah, yo. This
1: was in his action movie. Hey, days. Yeah. He had just done The Rock. I think a couple weeks after this movie came out, Face Off came out like the same summer. <laughs> Or whatever.
0: I, I wonder baseball. I wonder if the wig that he wears in this movie is the wig he was going to wear in the Superman, the Tim Burton Superman movie, <laughs> but he never got to. So he's like, but I, I still want to wear the wig.
1: I think it was like a weave, don't you think?
0: Oh, yeah. Well, but I,
1: do, I think the hair on top was real.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. His
1: real hairline, right.
0: obviously. Right. Um, well, potentially.
1: But I think it was just weaved
0: in. Oof. I don't know. It was an odd look,
1: man. Uh, also stars John Malkovich. Mm. Amazing actor. I can't think of any other action movies he's really been in like proper. Action. I can't, I
0: can't off the top of my head either,
1: but amazing pedigree. Yeah. Malkovich, obviously like, uh, you know, a list sort of respected theater type actor, John Cusack, uh, eighties, <laughs> you know, heart sort throb. of offbeat heartthrob, nineties, independent movie type shit. Um, Ving Rames. Right. Coming off of, what had he done probably just before this? Mission Impossible, Pulp Fiction. Was Mission
0: Impossible before this?
1: 1996? It was 96 or 95.
0: Damn. That's yeah. crazy to think about that movie having come out that long yeah. ago. So good okay. still. It's very uh, good. Steve Buscemi. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Love Steve Buscemi.
0: Who, who, like, in his own regard, like, great character actor, but then, like, just in Hollywood, had done mostly comedic stuff. Yeah.
1: This is probably what he did right after. Fargo,
0: right yeah yeah i guess so um yeah he had been in pulp fiction that's crazy I mean, to think about fargo happening that long ago too
1: all these dudes like were coming from the more independent film scene yeah then like big budget glossy hollywood whatever then cole Meany, like premier sort of character actor for action movies he had done die hard 2
0: mm-hmm. you remember
1: that he was the pilot of the plane that crashed
0: I'm also pretty sure he's in one of my favorite movies, The Englishman Who Went Up a Hill and Came Down a a Mountain.
1: (laughs) Um, He was definitely in Under Siege, which we still have to get to. It's hard to, he doesn't really have like hard ass vibes about him, but he does great in this. He's great at everything, really.
0: Englishman Who Went Up a Hill and Came Down a Mountain was uh, 1995. Nice. So, yeah.
1: Um, and and, and, and commercial success. there's so many other people that we'll sort of get yeah. to as we come to and, so many and, familiar faces and people that I
0: like wanted to point out, but then I was like, I got to get through this. I can't point out that guy, but then I was like, <laughs> I know, I know, 15 other movies that guy's been in. Yeah. Have you ever seen the movie How to Lose Friends and Alienate People, uh, starring Simon Pegg and Kirsten Dunst? No. So there's a great scene in that movie. In which Simon Pegg is regaling some Hollywood partygoers with his views on why Conair is the greatest film ever made. He says, It's got everything, hasn't it? You know, you got Malkovich for your acting chops, you got Nikki Cage for your action, Steve Buscemi for your comedy, and then he says, John Cusack for the gays. And I was like, uh. which is what? interesting. I was like, I, I have no icon? idea. I don't know, it must be. I have okay. no, no clue. And then that's where sort of like, like Lloyd Dobler. Yeah. <laughs> Movie time. Movie time. You want to talk about it? Yeah, let's. All right. So right <laughs> off over the swell. And so like I I love when we talk about these movies and, and rewatching them because you you see things like the touchstone pictures animation. And it's like as soon as you see that, it's like I can think of all these movies from, you know, yeah. watching as a kid where you see that. But well, That was like a Disney. Yeah. <laughs> house. Right. I think so. I think it was like
1: Disney when they were or doing Disney something or,
0: more for adults or Disney is it Disney or um like Don Bluth pictures, maybe like yeah. the. Like, that may have been a thing. But anyway, it's like, yeah, you get some swells of s- ominous synthy music, then the Touchstone Pictures animation, and then you get that Mad Max-looking Jerry Bruckheimer Films animation. Mm-hmm. Then the music suddenly gets, like, super military-sounding, Yeah, got trumpets. Oh, wait, Da-da-da-da. mention the, the,
1: the score.
0: Oh, yeah, so, yeah, the score we should mention. Uh, music by Mark Mancina, uh, supported by Trevor Rabin. But Mark Mancina, uh, he did the music for... Things like Speed, Twister, Bad Boys, Training Day. He did like, he was like
1: an action movie score guy. Yeah. An awesome stuff. He was his hallmark, I feel like, was that he'd have a heavy like electric guitar use.
0: Yeah. In the in the score. Yeah. So you have like orchestral score and then like the addition of shredding. Yeah. Say, <laughs> <laughs> so we get a Powers Booth voiceover. Yes. I love that. Over some B. Your voice is so familiar too. Oh yeah. As soon as he started talking, I was like, wait a minute. I know that <laughs> voice. Uh, love him. Uh, yeah, the voiceover's over some B-roll of combat and recon missions. He's touting the U.S. Army Rangers, saying that the group has been in, has been the tip of the spear in every major American military conflict since the 1700s, and and they leave no man behind. Um, apparently, I read that this footage shows no Army Rangers. Oh, really? Yeah, it's, it's all Green Berets and Marines. It is, like, real combat footage, yeah, though, right? But, Which I thought was, like, kind of dark. But no... No army okay. rangers. Okay, interesting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oops. So, um, yeah, oops. it seems it seems to oops, no bullets. So it seems to be a discharge speech because Power says he's sorry to see these guys leaving the Rangers ranks and thanks them for their service. Mm-hmm. Um, the opening shot of the movie pans around on a group of men saluting, and that's our first real glimpse of Nick Cage uh, as Cameron Poe. And we should go ahead and and say we're going to call these guys by their real names. <laughs> we're going to yeah. like gonna 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 get with confused. It's like, you're going to get confused if we try to tell you everyone's name every time because there's everyone so has many elaborate characters elaborate
1: character names too. And it's yeah.
0: And then you sort of lose and there track. There are 15 characters like in any one scene all talking. It's crazy. It's
1: amazing that they were able to have that many characters and still have a coherent story where you can tell everyone apart.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: that take, but I think it comes from casting familiar faces yep. and everyone, you know, brought their own unique swagger or whatever to their roles. But yes, definitely. Breaking with tradition. Uh, <laughs> everyone
0: goes by their at their least the, At na- least the big name. Yeah, their guys. given name. Sorry. Given, taken. Stupid <laughs> ass. I'm drunk. So we cut to Mobile, Alabama. Everyone's mm. favorite city. Um, Trisha Yearwood's How Do I Live Without You plays over an <laughs> idyllic harbor. At sunset, the South always looks good in like, movies. And
1: movies, but you know, just hot as I was say, Because you can't feel the and humidity. There's
0: mosquitoes everywhere. And when right there, it smells like oil and fish. Diesel guts. fuel. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't smell good. That song was nominated <laughs> for the
1: Oscar for best original song and nominated for the Razzie for worst original song.
0: <laughs> it's a good song. I lo- Well, I I'm a Trisha fan. I love her voice. Yeah. Yeah. We we then see. Inside of the bar that's sitting there, harbor side, mm-hmm. um, Monica Potter, who's playing Trisha Poe, Trisha, Trisha, po, Trisha too many po. Trishas. Um, <laughs> she's serving <laughs> drinks in an oyster bar, and she is so lovely.
1: Absolutely, she was. Um, she was like a big deal in the mid '90s. Yeah, I listeners may remember her
0: as the med school student who gets killed in Patch Adams.
1: Oh, I forgot that. I remember her being in some serial killer movie. It might have been yeah. along came a spider or yeah, kiss yeah, the yeah, girls, I think you're right. something
0: like that. She's also most more recently the mom the TV show Parenthood, which was oh, fucking awesome. I haven't seen the show. Yeah, she played whatever Mrs. Braverman.
1: <laughs> I want to point out that the bartender in the oyster bar. He was like yes, a real deal Southerner.
0: Yeah, he's like he's also in shit tons of like that guy is in everything.
1: When he comes along and he's like, "Hey, Trisha Poe. I'm like, "That's the fucking Southern thing yeah, to say." Big like time, like calling someone by their
0: first and last name. Yep. Absolutely, in a flirty sort of way. Hey, Trisha Poe, and I was, you know, like coworker, like he's probably like her big brother. Or of whatever, course, but like, yeah. yeah. Looking out. So uh, while she's serving drinks, we see Nick Cage debark <laughs> a busted ass like shrimping trawler just right, <laughs> just steps from the bar. Where the fuck was he coming from? Why is he getting off a, off tra- a boat? Like I don't. I, it's like <laughs> where was he station number one? Then he's like, no, I'll take I'll, a boat. I'll take the. I'll take a trawler. The only
1: way that makes sense is if he was if they're out on an island, but they're not. In the Gulf or some shit. Yeah, no. There's no way he pulled it. That is not the type of boat that people no.
0: are passengers on. The, Un- the United States military doesn't say, just get on that fucking trawl. We're commandeering this boat. You're a transport now. Maybe
1: he's in Pensacola or Fort Walton Beach, and he's like, can I get a ride to Mobile? Or
0: like ran into an old friend or something. But. I want to take eight hours to go eight (laughs) miles. (laughs) Can I get a ride? (laughs) I I was like, what the fuck is he doing? But anyway, he is decked in full dress. Yes. With his gunny sack. (laughs) In case you'd forgotten, he's in the military. Mm -hmm. Um, He enters the bar and immediately locks eyes with Trisha. Goofy smiles abound. A drunk redneck down the bar is just salivating at Trisha (laughs) with his buddies. i I'd take a beat in half my life to get a piece of that woman. What the (laughs) fuck does that mean? I don't know. That's not an expression. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No (laughs) one's... Anyway, Cage quickly lets us know Trish is pregnant. He, like, kneels down and starts speaking to her belly. Directly to the fetus. You are gonna be Miss Alabama? That makes your daddy very proud. He sounds like fucking Shelby Foot, Big time. (laughs) Like, just sounds like he's narrating a Ken Burns movie.
1: I read a... I, I read somebody's review... That I can't now unhear it said like that he sounds like fucking foghorn leghorn.
0: (laughs) I'll say, I'll I'll, I'll say, (laughs) yeah. I mean, it's like the accent. I mean, wasted no time. It's like it's terrible. It's god. It's (laughs) It's god awful. So, (laughs) while the pose go back to necking at the bar, the drunk redneck continues. He approaches. I love that his fucking friend just like, yeah, man, go for it. Just like <laughs> nods him. He's like, you should definitely do this. The
1: guy with the hat that said Dusty. Yeah, <laughs> I guess he's that's like,
0: Dusty. Yeah, he's like, yeah, man, fuck. If she fuck it, if she's with someone, you got this. No, you go and move in for the kill. Yeah. So the redneck invites Trisha to drink with him and insults Cage. <laughs> Cage tells this guy to leave them alone so he can dance with his wife. The redneck throws like some wadded up. One dollar bills probably in yeah. in Cage's face and tells him to buy, buy, buy me a drink. Buy me and my friends a drink. That was a weird flex. Yeah, to throw your own money at him. Yeah, go and buy like, me a drink. And what, with what my like, money? There, I mean, we could. There's all sorts of like societal things we could talk about, but it's like, you know, just people that are like, yeah, this is definitely going to work. Like this woman is going to be impressed oh, by Trish this is display. She's going to be so impressed
1: by this. She's going to be like, she's going to be like, troops. yeah, like fuck yeah. She's
0: going to you want to <laughs> climb all over this anyway. Um, Trisha restrains. Nick. was his showing up a surprise or something? I think she must have known he was supposed. Bo- well, he, he was probably supposed to be there days ago. But <laughs> He's he, been on that boat. He called her on a payphone from Pensacola, saying, "Honey, I'm going like, to be on the trawler." He with was
1: th- probably caught in that same like hurricane that Forrest Gump yes, and Lieutenant Dan were in. Exactly.
0: <laughs> Biola Battery was impassable, so we had to take the long way around. <laughs> oh, my fucking God. hell! So she she tells Nick to calm down. He seems. Like ready to just go at this redneck
1: the dude called him soldier
0: dick. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking what? I don't know. <laughs> She's like, she says, "Come on, daddy, let's dance." Uh. And and because and, and then the uh-huh. guy's like, "It's because of pussies like you we lost Vietnam." Shit. Saying something like that would get you fucked up quick in Mobile. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) It was a different time, I guess. Uh, But yeah, down south, you you don't fuck with the the patriotism or whatever or anything like
0: that. Yeah, so Trisha says that Cage, it seems that Cage almost reverted back to the guy he was before the army. She says she'd hoped the army would make that guy grow up. So apparently Uh he had an edge to him before he went into the service. Yeah. It's apparently still there.
1: This is weird. Like, to me, there's... I mean, there is a significant age gap between Cage and Monica Potter. And not it's not even as big as I would have thought. Even though to Cage, me, like, Cage was seen, relatively youthful. Yeah. To me, in my mind, I felt like he was, like, mid-30s, you know, and she's mm-hmm. 10 years younger than him or something like that. But then she talks like they were together before
0: he enlisted,
1: which right. makes you think... Wait, how a, old was he when he went in?
0: Maybe it's because he like it, saw some it, shit and he aged rapidly. So
1: they're really only about eight
0: years apart, or seven, or something.
1: But it also makes me think: if he went in the service when he was like twenty, then she would have been thirteen.
0: This is Alabama, my friend. <laughs> oh, no, and yeah, that's even if you I had stand a few, by that statement. <laughs> even if he had a
1: few years out of high school, sort of fucking around, and went in at twenty-two, then she's like. 15 well were you I,
0: together when he enlisted I guarantee that that like that they probably dated long distance while he was in the service and then got married as soon as she turned whatever that legal age in it Alabama was at just the time. made
1: more it would have made more sense if he met her while he was already in the service like not that they were a thing before he went in. He started fucking her
0: after he graduated from high school and she, she was, was just like finishing tw- up junior high.
1: 12, <laughs> yeah. 13. Disgusting. How do I live without <laughs> Yeah, you? he doesn't strike me as like a West Point dude. He seemed like an enlisted man where yeah. he like went in he signed at up. age 18, 19, 20, something like that. Yeah.
0: Agreed. So, they so, go back to slow dancing. Yeah, they which go back like,
1: to sl- wait. Trish is on the clock, right? Right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so who's buddy, serving the oysters Buddy here? behind
0: the bar doesn't care. You go back to slow down. He understands the score. Yeah. So um, later that night, they're leaving the bar in an absolute torrent. Um, oil
1: well was like yeah, they're the, I didn't
0: know. I didn't realize the bar was also right next to an oil dairy. Probably a lot of fucking roughnecks and stuff in there too, right? But
1: like, where the fuck are they? Do they? I mean, there has to be at least one.
0: But an oil derrick right off the bar on the beach, basically on the pier. I don't I, I don't know. know. I don't know enough about the Gulf Coast to know. But anyway, um, the redneck and his <laughs> minions have posted up outside <laughs> just creeping behind the chain link fence. They've been waiting in the pouring rain yeah. for Nick Cage. They've been waiting. <laughs> so the lead redneck from earlier breaks a bottle and says they thought Gomer might need some help escorting his old lady home. Hey, Gomer fucking so i guess what (laughs) they're there to kick his ass and rape trisha like what's the plan here
1: they've been waiting in the pouring rain for hours just to like start some shit
0: i I don't it's a it 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 boggles the mind anyway the redneck (laughs) challenges cage who is he steps right in the midst of all three guys is like all right he does like weird body language too it's like like, Sa- I've been trained in the martial arts.
1: Sergeant Cameron Poe is not a strategic genius, though, because he surrounded himself. Like, he stepped I into think the middle of... As now. as
0: we're going to talk about repeatedly, he is a self-saboteur. He <laughs> is a glutton for punishment. He's his own worst enemy. Yeah, he is. His, that's exactly right. So he, like, walks into the middle of this group. One of them rips the decorations off his mm-hmm. uniform, and they just start, like, stomping him out in the mud there.
1: I'm always amused in these movies where, like, You got the bad guy, but then you got his cronies who are just down to commit felonies or kill someone. That's what I don't understand. Like his his buddy in the bar
0: is like, "Yeah, man, go for it. Let's do
1: it. (laughs) Let's fucking kill him. Let's kill him." And then
0: and then there's gonna be no recourse here in Mobile. Anyway, yeah, that's just me. Who knows what evil lurks in the heart of men? The shadow (laughs) knows. The shadow does know. So yeah, so Cage fights back, drops two of them with Uh relative ease. Meanwhile, Trisha's run back inside Oyster Bar for help. Yep. Um, the lead redneck whips out a switchblade, and Cage kills him by doing that shit where <laughs> you, you take the heel of your hand and go straight up into the guy's nose, breaking it and shoving it up into his brain. And when we were kids, did it not seem like knowing about this, like the f- knowing about the fact that it could be done, was like a mandatory fact that, that you was, told? You know what you can do to kill someone?
1: That was. I'm gonna read my notes to you. That shit was in vogue in the '90s. That was like just it was in the ether. It was. Like, everybody it
0: was. knew about it. It's like all you have to do is punch them in the nose, and then. Ram it up.
1: <laughs> Ram the, it puts the bridge of the nose right into the brain and uh, kills him. Bruce Willis does the same shit in The Last Boy Scout. Yep. So we'll have to get on that. All right. But there's no contest. That was the coolest way to kill somebody with your bare hands. Number yeah. two was ripping a throat out. <laughs> Which we get a little Dalton special.
0: <laughs> yes. Um, absolutely. Uh, yeah, so uh, after this murder has been committed, the other two goons run off. One of them grabs the switch blade. Which I guess is Important, Important. In, the, in the eyes of the law, probably. Well, we have no reason to believe there was any provocation, except for the you've been and there's all kinds of eyewitnesses. yeah the Probably. it's bizarre yeah I don't know so yeah a bloodied Cage is out in the parking lot just yelling he was doing his like what was it Stella he's just like that's exactly and I guarantee that's why Cage was probably like I'm gonna do uh, Stella here I'm gonna do uh, I'm gonna channel Brando here
1: wasn't he was giving off like it happened again. Yeah. Yeah. Oh and shit! I'm had, sorry. Had killed another I'm man.
0: sorry. <laughs> yeah. So she returns with Dale, the bartender, uh-huh. who runs up and immediately puts like, "Man, that dude's dead, bro. You that dude's he's dead." There has never been a more clear-cut case of self-defense.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. This. Yeah, like <laughs> he three what dudes attacked poli- you and your pregnant Mo- wife.
0: Mobile police show up and say, "Well, we can't trust the word of a woman." So all we have is a soldier
1: like he would. There's no way there's just
0: no way it's two against one who's a soldier. So it's two on two.
1: I found I found the old version like an earlier version of the script. Yeah. And it was the original script was a lot more ambiguous. Like it was a lot more like this dude Cameron Poe sort of (laughs) instigated the fight with these guys. Interesting. Um and he was not a soldier or anything. I think he was like a mechanic or something like he was he worked in a in an auto shop or something. It was like yeah, it was an earlier version of the script and I'm like you really should have at least kept it where it's Damn. conceivable that he would wind up in jail cuz yeah. this
0: there, get, no, he would never go to so jail. So many people
1: this. get off with stand your ground type bullshit yep. and this is like a legit he's bloodied and beaten
0: and I still like I maintain a veteran could mow down 40 people in mobile and they'd be like, well, it's self-defense.
1: He's decorated war hero. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Anyway,
1: man's war hero. Yeah. None of this courthouse shit was in the original <laughs> script. It just went from he killed a guy in a bar fight to cut to Open he's in prison. Uh, yeah.
0: Well, so, yeah, we cut to a courthouse. Cage's lawyers urging him to take a plea bargain and serve one year rather than rolling the dice on a trial and maybe doing 10. He says, I will not plead guilty. What kind of dog shit lawyer is this? Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. So he reluctantly agrees ultimately. Did you recognize that guy, the lawyer? I did recognize him, but I didn't bother looking at it.
1: I remember him as being like in Kickboxer 2, but he's in a ton of shit. He's in like a hundred things. Yeah, that was
0: the thing As I recognized him and I was like... It, this podcast is going to be six hours long if we tell everyone what everyone's in.
1: Uh, his name is John Deal, and he, for some reason he's uncredited
0: in this movie. Which Weird. is like, he spoke a fair amount. He f- he created the plot of this movie. Yes. With his ignorance. I- yeah, with ineptitude, yeah. So Cage is like, fuck it. I don't want to spend a bunch of years in jail, so I'll plead guilty to manslaughter. The the We cut to the courtroom where the judge is hammering him with a 7 to 10 year sentence saying because of his quote unquote military <laughs> skills he's a deadly weapon and subject to harsher punishment fire well, Fuck that fucking lawyer immediately that is like, like malpractice big time from the lawyer wait it's like maybe 1 year
1: when you do a plea deal that shit's in writing
0: yeah that's yeah you don't just say nah this I'm is going some, rogue. this is some flimsy script writing you have military skills what the fuck does that mean yeah like that's just bizarre yeah it doesn't make any sense at all Tri- we yeah we get a shot of trisha she is understandably heartbroken then we get the we cut right to the Conair title card it's like clank yeah clank it's street fighter yeah <clears throat> so cut to again what appears to be <laughs> like some like brutalism come-to-life post-apocalyptic prison thing with fucking never-ending story clouds zooming overhead. Wasn't
1: it weirdly terrible effects?
0: Yes. I mean, because it, it looked like they got that footage from some other movie, from, like, Solar Babies or something like this that.
1: This shit wasn't, a, like, a low-budget film. No. I don't know how that found its way but into like, the like, how movie. did they,
0: like, speeding up the clouds to make it look like things are shitty, like it like it should be happening after the aliens tried to destroy the earth yeah, like, i don't know that was odd so it looked like
1: the prison where they kept Tango and Cash
0: <laughs> it was like a oh fortress my yes so yeah we see a a very disheveled like his hair has grown out a lot yeah some time has passed i yeah. think a very disheveled looking cage being escorted to a cell to a chorus of cat calls from <laughs> other inmates <laughs> That's, um,
1: if you're the new guy you're getting fresh wolf you're getting fish wolf whistle. Fresh fish so, Everyone wants a PC
0: or yeah. ass. So then as the opening credits roll, we see Cage writing letters to Trisha and getting completely shredded on a diet of Doritos and hostess <laughs> snowballs that she sent him in a care package. That voiceover, that was where it really hit me how bad
1: that uh, accent it's just, was. I didn't
0: bother writing any of it down because I was nah, like, this is just I had that. a
1: few notes, but I mean, there was like some Ken Burns Civil War shit. Yeah, it Wasn't sounds it? like Shelby Foote. It like,
0: it's like, we would have won the war if it hadn't been for them rascally Union soldiers. My dearly beloved. Yeah, uh, it's, uh, it's
1: bizarre shit.
0: We set out for Antietam on the morrow. <laughs> like, so
1: the thing is, all there's just no reason that his character even needs to be a Southern guy. No, like it, he could. If you can't do the accent, it's like if Kevin Costner can be Robin Hood with an American accent then you don't even need to be trying to be a Southern guy. Nope. Like, apparently the Southern thing was like Nick Cage's idea. I want to pl- be. A, I want him to be a Southern gentleman. He
0: probably thought that it would be more sympathetic to the audience that would be watching this movie. And he's not wrong. He does say, I'm not angry. The blame falls squarely on me. Bullshit. Nope. Fucking what? Nope. I'd be pissed. Same. <laughs> Wait a second. I'd mean, like, these men were going to straight, straight rape three men my wife, my pregnant wife. Because
1: someone picked up the switchblade? then all of a sudden it was me. I There's no
0: probable cause for, for bullshit. them. Yeah, what about the broken such. bottle they came in yeah, exactly.
1: with? Exactly. Or, yeah. or the, just the fact that it's three on one, and okay, I or, hit him in the face and
0: he died. go into the bar and pick any of the 12 people that were standing around on the dance floor that overheard that conversation. These guys were drunk. They left, you know, at whatever, at
1: closing time, last call. They've been waiting closing around out here. Closing
0: time.
1: Yeah, it's fucking
0: <laughs> yeah. odd. So anyway, Cage (laughs) uses the snowballs to bond with fellow inmate McKelty Williamson, who's playing the character Baby-O, who will probably never say Baby-O again. Nah,
1: that's (laughs) that's not a great name. But he's all that was a uh, Bubba. Oh, yeah,
0: Benjamin um, Buford Blue, basically playing a similar type character. Yeah. The same character, but without a weird affect, <laughs> like vocal affect. So Trisha has also sent pictures of their daughter Casey, who's growing up quickly. We cut to Cage serenely reading his letters during a fiery prison riot. That riot was nuts. <laughs> yeah, like why was there toilet paper strewn everywhere like feel, is that I just I like, like that's in every prison riot scene I've ever seen it's just like people love to create chaos
1: the burning mattresses I get but I don't see why you just like and let's let's toilet like toilet papers
0: currency in prison it, <laughs> yeah, it would be to me mean? I'd be like what do i what I need some toilet paper <laughs> so anyway yeah we, we get we get the the idea that time is elapsing quickly because mm. we're seeing like during this vo um like that the, it changes from a letter to Trisha to a letter to a to and from preschool-aged Casey. Except we,
1: that it was written very well written for a preschooler. Yeah. Maybe it was
0: narrated to the mother. She's super intelligent. Yeah, she's dictating. <laughs> the kid's a fucking genius. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> we also see like Cage putting his prison term to good use, learning origami and Spanish through books and cassette tapes between pull-ups and handstand push-ups. And, None of those things become important later in the movie, which yeah. is a little bit weird. I think we're just supposed to, and maybe this was more Nick Cage thing, like he was bettering himself in prison. Yeah.
1: What's weird We're is... We're supposed to feel sympathetic.
0: People are like walking by
1: in the background and no one is paying attention to the fact this dude's in here doing handstand push-ups.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that shit kills me. Yeah. Sometime later, Casey, the daughter, is writing about starting the first grade and asks when is going to be coming home. Just after folding a paper crane, he writes back <laughs> saying that he's been paroled and will soon be coming home. I'm coming home to my ladies. Coming home forever. Dear hummingbird, break out the
1: fine china, chill the lemonade, and tie a yellow ribbon round the old oak tree. <laughs> fucking what? <laughs> yes, yeah, because this boy is coming home to his ladies, coming home forever,
0: forever. Fucking awful. Accent. End end montage. That. Ooh, that's ben, and thank God. That's woof right Was there. Was it the that's... worst part of the movie? I think so. Yeah.
1: I just any time where he's trying, he's really pushing that southern accent hard. That's the thing
0: too. Is like God love Nicolas Cage. I love him, and I yeah. I need to watch like Pig and some of his more uh-huh. recent things. Just that because. new shit
1: was great. The uh, the <laughs> yeah. Massive Talent
0: movie, yeah, oh, where, need which to see leans that.
1: into the Con Air and The Rock uh, references stuff and like yeah. clips from the movie heavily. Yeah,
0: well, like I I still like I admire his he's uh, he's an artist practicing. His trade doesn't have it quite figure out. He's trying new things. That's my thing with him. He's fearless and he wants to try new things (laughs) just to see if it'll work.
1: They do a thing in that new movie of his where he's trying to do like a Boston accent and it's like about as bad as this
0: version of the Southern accent. Yeah. And it's really, uh, it's, it's entertaining. So enough about that horrible accent. The action in the movie picks up as cage, reads a letter from Casey's daughter aloud that says that her daddy's coming home on her birthday, July 14th. Her Who's writing that writing. Was it a school report? She was writing maybe. And, I don't she, know. and they mailed, mailed the, the report to him. Whatever was going on, her writing
1: style had reverted to an actual first grade level. Yeah. From the earlier shit she had written. And it was like well-formed thoughts. Yeah. And this was just like, yeah, I my don't daddy's like coming grade. home don't. on July 14th. My birthday is on July 14th. I will see my daddy for the first time on July 14th. Right. That's how a first grader writes. Right, exactly. They're not writing, daddy, Just the, the teacher was so mean to me. Please tell mommy I don't have to go to school anymore. Yeah, not like, a the, chance. the daughter wrote this
0: shit with a crayon? She's six years old. At that I, point, she was like three
1: or four. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. So, anyway. his cellmate, McKelty, maligns the stuffed bunny that Cage has gotten to give his daughter as a birthday gift. Cage insists it's an all right gift, and if it's either that or a, and that's a tube, a tube of toothpaste is two tu- or two packs of palm. I'm like, palm why can't palm. you talk? A <laughs> tube of toothpaste and two packs of palmols. Where are you from? All of a sudden, he's like, surfer dude was sneaking in there. Tube of toothpaste. Anyway, struggling Cal-har-nia. hard with the accent. I'm from California. Tube of toothpaste. <laughs> like that's tooth tube of. Like I get it. Tube is probably more accurate, but tube of toothpaste. Anyway, fucking paste. hell. So he continues packing his belongings in a box, and McKelty reads the parole certificate, and then laments that it's going to be a long time before he's likely to be paroled. We get some ex. That uh, way,
1: his character, McKelty, seemed like a very decent dude. Oh yeah, totally. They never tell us what he's in for. Pro-
0: probably nothing. Probably possession oh. of an. Probably an ounce of marijuana or nothing. So I get jaywalking.
1: The, I get the impression that he's like meant to be like a born again Christian yeah, or something I get like that. Yeah. that. So, <laughs> fucking, I don't know, he might have fucking bombed an abortion clinic or some shit. No, he didn't. No, you hey, think he's a no good way. dude? He's probably been railroaded by the system. Uh, he definitely was. He's in for the long haul, though. He's like, I'll never get paroled. That makes you wonder. He must be in for, like, killing someone or
0: some shit. Uh, I mean, or, whether he did it or not, or I'm getting, not saying. Or but, jaywalking. It didn't matter in the <laughs> South. It still doesn't. So I feel like
1: it's laid in. He, in this moment, and then moments later in the film where there's meant to be some type of like religious storyline going yeah. on oh, between time. these two, there was a lot of like, there was prominent Bible placement and like there were holy cards sort of on the wall yeah, yeah, yeah. amongst the pictures of his daughter and like pictures of hot rods, which I think was also like a leftover thing from when he was meant
0: to have well, been I think a mechanic. That, yeah, I think that he was trying to cage was trying to pull off the, like he'd achieved Zen in prison vibe, mm. but it, I mean, it falls apart immediately when the action in the movie picks up. He's like, down to clown with anyone. <laughs> it's like, fuck it. So anyway, we get some exposition about how McKelty's going to be transferred to a new prison, then cage who is apparently over talking about his friend's plight, loses his shit and screams, Ah,
1: I'm going home, son! I'm going home, son! What? That was the weirdest acting I've ever seen from Cage. That that that's is, saying that something. Is,
0: that is, that's him, baby. <laughs> I, I felt like that was the most Nick Cage thing just that explode. I'd... Let explode. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just going after it. Um, <laughs> i so, going
1: home, son! So they have a thing of calling each other son, which is not a Southern thing. I don't know maybe it is.
0: We don't do it. But No, I've but I've never heard anyone son call each other son. I've heard like it. I've friends heard, calling each other, "Hey yeah. son." "Hey, definitely. Hey son, what's up, son?" So anyway, Cage <laughs> McKelty walk out together because they're leaving on the same jet plane. Mm-hmm. We cut to some beauty shots of that plane, the Jailbird. It, it is a mini prison on board. A voiceover tells us that the US Marshals Service annually flies 155,000 prisoners around for transfers, legal hearings, and medical exams. So that plane is a C-123.
1: Okay. Manufactured, like, from the 40s through 1970. Okay. So in the 90s, it would have been in, like, an antique. I was about to say,
0: right before the C-130 became, like, the thing.
1: Very cool-looking plane, but I don't think it's highly unlikely to me that's what, like, the government would be flying people around on. The real Conair uses, like, modern
0: passenger jets right Um, yeah the voiceover also lets us know that today's flight's a special one because the state of Alabama is beginning to populate its new supermax facility it's going to be home to the shittiest shits that ever were shit (laughs) (laughs) they're
1: laying that exposition on so
0: thick they'll have lifers some on death row but all of them pure predators supposedly this was meant to be like the Oakland, California. Okay. Airport. I was going to ask where said where, that. Yeah. I was, oh, cause I was going to ask, where has he been in prison He's on the been, West coast? Yeah. His, his parole letter said San Quentin. Okay. There we go. But cause, cause I was like, why in the fuck are they showing so much Bureau of the desert in California well, with mountains and stuff?
1: San Quentin though is a California state prison, right? It's not a federal not a, yeah, penitentiary. It's not a federal. I don't think that if you got arrested, Jailed for manslaughter in Alabama, that you wind up in San Quentin, super
0: not in like a supermax federal pen or anything. Well, they're like just like,
1: so he's just being transported. But how would he be serving his time in San Quentin when he's got? I think they make an effort to like keep you near your family. Yeah, like there either a lot of
0: shit well, happened. Yeah, I, who knew, that We didn't see he that killed a guy in pre- He killed six guys in circumstances prison.
1: Circumstances maybe led for him to be out in California, but yeah,
0: yeah, I don't know. There was a lot during this part that I was like, where the fuck is he coming from? There's, they're meant to be in Oakland, but yeah, okay. I don't think the movie ever establishes no, it that. Do, it doesn't because uh, then we get, yeah we get a cut to a prison bus driving through someplace that looks a lot like California. And I was like, where are they? Yeah. So uh, on the bus, uh, McKelty tells the female guard Bishop that he needs his insulin shot soon. She says there's insulin on the plane in that will give it to you when you're on board, but he's he's already a shot short. Yeah, what the fuck? So that's is, fucking shitty.
1: What the fuck's going on in San Quentin? They skipped his life saving shot. Oh, they didn't give me my shot last night. What? That's uh, fucking bullshit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Did you recognize that actress? I did, but I didn't look her up. That Her
1: name is Rachel Takaten. She played the female lead, Melina, in Total Recall. Hey! She was like the Quaid's yeah, woman yeah. on Mars. Yeah, oh, yeah then awesome. yeah, Then she makes... Yeah, that makes total... So,
0: <laughs> athletic, right? like an sleazy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Demure or sleazy? Sleazy. Oh, man, that's amazing. So, yeah, then for... No real reason other than we need some exposition. Bishop tells Cage that he's going to be treated as a prisoner until he's delivered to Alabama and then processed for release.
1: He says it makes no, that makes no never mind. As long as
0: I make it home, it makes no never mind because he doesn't want to miss his daughter's birthday.
1: I got to be home to see my betrothed. It's all types of, it's, yeah, he speaks, he's just an
0: old fashioned. Get out of here. And he's from a different, cage. he's a man out, out of his time of, in more ways than one. So, <laughs> uh, we, co- what well, the cop should be like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in, shut you, shut this the fuck up.
1: Shut up, so, so, Yeah. So
0: cage <laughs> says he's never met his daughter because he was locked up three months before, three months before she was born. Born. <laughs> And he didn't want the first time he saw her to be while he was in prison. So, but Bishop, she's very invested in him instantly. Yeah. Like, she's like, oh my God, you're a family man. What you got here is a walking, talking reason to rehabilitate. Uh, <laughs> that's some dialogue. Anyway, cut to an airplane hangar where a besandled John Cusack, <laughs> playing the role of Vince Larkin, a name we'll never say again, walks into... A U.S. Marshal's meeting about the prisoner transfer. We can he, tell from the rumpled suit yeah, and the sandals. Yeah. And, and, He's and, no and, ordinary uh, right. U.S. Marshal, I guess. He is playing, to no one's surprise, a wisecracker. <laughs> <laughs> <So> <laughs> he, his, he starts mocking his superior yeah, behind in front his back, of, all, of his, all the subordinates. Like, yeah, like mouthing the words, talking behind his back, making fun what? of this guy. Um, and that gets a rise out of a short-cropped blonde woman standing in the ranks. Uh Uh, Cusack reviews the plan. They're offloading six prisoners in Carson City and the rest are headed to Alabama. He and the other U.S. Marshal, who's his boss we guess, go to meet Cole Meany, playing DEA agent Duncan Malloy, which is a great Irish name, (laughs) who drives a sweet vintage Corvette. The 1967 Stingray. love... The lady across the street had that car, but it was Uh, cherry red. I mean, it was like gorgeous with the vanity
1: plate ass kicker
0: (laughs) fuck yeah love cole Meany. cusack tries to introduce himself meanie like throws it reverse and peels out like parks in a handicapped spot you know those handicapped spots that are on the tarmac of the air god damn like how can we make this dude seem more like (laughs) an like an asshole
1: why is there a handicap why is there any parking spaces
0: on the runway no one knows uh, yeah, just then the prison transport convoy rolls up in the tarmac, and this is where the shit really felt like um, like a Michael Bay movie. Dangerously low flying helicopters, helicopters, Dutch Dutch tilts of buses pulling into the shot. Uh-huh. Um, that shot of the guy walking with all the handcuffs, all yes, the shackles like or whatever, every like every shackle motion. he could find. So back inside the little airport, Cusack introduces himself to another DEA agent named Sims. He hands Sims a file on a Colombian drug lord named Francisco Sindino, who's going to be getting on the flight when they stop in Carson City, Nevada, to drop off some other prisoners and pick up some other prisoners.
1: <laughs> and he it's complicated walked to the nearest plan. filing cabinet, opened a drawer in the file cabinet, and produced a prisoner uniform from in the file. Cabinet. Is, is this, this is where we keep our?
0: Is this, this the we, U.S. Marshal airstrip? This what is, is where fuck? we keep our undercover.
1: We keep our undercover uniforms in this file cap.
0: God, is bullshit. It is bad direct. Like we can't have a duffel bag sitting there. Or it's suit. ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we, we talk about how complicated that flight plan is. Uh, it yeah. seems unwise to have so many stops and variables with that many crazy fuckers. But what do I know? Um, we learned that Sims will be going undercover on the flight to try to work this Sindino character for information about his family's drug cartel.
1: This is where he casually mentions, when, you, when we take off from Carson City, you'll have two hours until we get to Alabama. What? Uh, that is a four to five hour flight. Now, a C and a uh, C123 top speed, 228 miles an hour. That would take eight to 10 hours to fly Carson City to anywhere. I also like... Carson City to Alabama just generic Alabama right you don't even mention the city nope. we're landing as <laughs> soon as the as soon
0: as we hit the state line the plane just materializes on the ground yeah. it does a transport like a like a like a phasing maneuver but anyway like a screenwriter could not be bothered God to pick damn. another city fuck the details so <laughs> meaning yeah he wants apparently he wants credit for breaking Sendino before the FBI takes custody and gets the glory oh wait now I do
1: want to mention that he talks about, he's been known to be somewhat garrulous in The Company of Thieves. Yeah, I love and this. He's like, garrulous? What the fuck is garrulous? He says, that would uh, be loquacious, verbose, effusive. How about chatty? What's with dictionary boy here? And he's like,
0: well, thesaurus boy.
1: That's a fucking good, yeah. that's a good line. Yeah, that's a great line. That was line. clever. I like
0: that bit. Yeah. Uh, in a surveillance fan, <laughs> Meany asks Sims, have you got your gun? Mm. This alarms the US Marshals who tell the D like who tell the DEA that like they're nuts and we've got rules. Meany says so does the DEA that no agents go in unarmed. Cusack and Meany get into an argument about whether Sims can take a gun on the flight or not. Cusack says it's no guns allowed except a pistol in the cockpit and an arsenal <laughs> in the cargo hold. <laughs> we love to keep an
1: arsenal. Where no one can get to it, it in a those, hurry. that's
0: it. Those are the only guns. We like
1: to keep one pistol in the cockpit and fucking every gun you can Armageddon. need. Armageddon. Enough for 20 men in the cargo. What the fuck? Where no one can get to it quick now, mind you. If an emergency comes up, it, that's just bizarre. We know that shit's going to be imp- extremely important right. later on.
0: So Meany maintains that his man doesn't go on without his gun. Cusack says then he doesn't get on the plane. Um, meaning reluctantly agrees and Sims reluctantly hands over the gun with that plot device out of the way. Now we cut to some B roll of armed guards lining the walkway from the transport bus to the plane. Now it's time for Cusack to introduce us to some of the all-star lineup of prisoners. who are going to be on the flight. (laughs) We got William Bedford, AKA Billy Bedlam played by Nick Chinland. Never heard of this guy. No, he's good in this though. Yeah, he's fine. Yeah. So apparently the character Billy Bedlam massacred like, just tons of people like his what his whole cheating wife's family and dog yeah that billy bedlam killer name yeah if
1: we're moving on to the next yeah. guy i jotted down this thing now who's that good-looking brother on screen <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah exactly what that's <laughs> a <laughs> odd thing to say yeah and somehow they're watching a well-produced like multi-camera feed of the prisoners coming off the bus i don't know how that happens well yeah why aren't they on the runway or on the tarmac watching this Oh, I know. I guess they are with the undercover.
0: Yeah. Sims. They're with Sims. Okay. okay. So yeah, this is Ving Rhames uh, playing Nathan Jones, AKA Diamond Dog, a black militant who bombed an NRA meeting. Love that he is like a, like a, a book writing savant.
1: Oh, and he says they're talking to
0: Denzel. Like,
1: Denzel's going to play him in the movie. To be in the movie,
0: yeah. So, John Malkovich uh, as Cyrus the Virus Grissom. Fuck, another killer name. Yeah. An all-around evil genius who's been into kidnapping, extortion, robbery, murder. He's killed 11 men in prison, escaped twice, and he's got two degrees, including his jurist doctor. He's killed more men than cancer. Amazing, dude.
1: Malkovich is such a fucking good actor.
0: Yeah. He Big can, time.
1: He can do so much without even speaking like the shit he's doing when they're like checking his mouth. Oh, yeah. And he's like sort of like giving tonguing, him the tongue, like yeah. giving his tongue thing yeah. at the
0: guard. that calls him the poster child for the criminally insane. <laughs> Love that. So then we see Dave Chappelle yes. as Pinball Parker, a man with apparently very offensive breath. He like breathes in the, the lead guard's face and <laughs> identifies himself as an armed robber, arsonist and dope fiend. But he's also a really nice guy.
1: When he breathed, first of all, he got a super racist greeting from the guard. Yeah. When he comes walking up, then the guard's like, oh, man, it smells like someone's shit in your mouth. <laughs> He's like, he told me he loved me. Told me he loved
0: me. It's <laughs> uh, so good. good. stuff. Yeah, so we should mention that this movie's not, uh, not short on racist humor. No, especially like the first third or so of the movie. Yeah. So, Nick Cage, then, they're like, who's that guy? And he, he like, gets off the bus with this dopey smile, like a puppy with the breeze, like, blowing his hair out. And he's (laughs) described as a nobody, just hitching a ride home.
1: That image is like a meme and a gif, for sure. Like, when he comes off the bus, just enjoying
0: that cool ocean breeze. The lead marshal then tells Sims that no one, not even his guards, know that he's DEA.
1: Mm -hmm. You got this moment where Cole is like telling the other dude from the Marshal Service, tell me, is, is the U.S. Marshal Service in the habit of employing annoying, wise-ass bookworm creeps? Yeah. And the other dude's like, Larkin's one of the best we got. And he's like, well, I'd still like to
0: crush his larynx with yeah, my boot. With my boot. You can't say that. No. I would like to murder him. Yeah, when, when I heard that line, I was like, I, that's not okay. You, can't,
1: you can call him a bookworm or a creep and everything like that. I think you can't say how you'd like to
0: kill him. That's just not going to fly. It was a different time. <laughs> um, we see Cage getting patted down before getting on, um, and his picture of Casey gets confiscated by uh, the lead guard. Um, Cage seems ready to mix it up with that guy saying, I'll be getting that picture back soon. Like he's, This is where I was like, God, man, he just wants, he wants someone to fuck him up. I hope you he know I'll be getting
1: get, that picture back
0: real soon. Can't get out of his Oof. own way.
1: That's like, dude, I... First of all, the, the fucking hair on Cage.
0: Yeah, it It's too much. It sucks. I, That's why I feel like he found Jesus, and so he's, like, ready to turn it all yeah, around. Yeah, he's got a Christ thing going, doesn't yep. he, in this movie? Yeah. So, yeah, then lead guard disrespects McKelty snatching the do-rag off his head. That dude had some racial animus. Yeah. Hey, homeboy, no do-rag. Like, ooh, wolf. Yeah. So, on board, Chappelle greets Cage with, like, he acts like he knows the guy, but then he's oh. immediately like, ah, oh, I, thought, I thought you were someone else. Another weird moment that doesn't, pay it off, off anyway. yeah agreed um uh, and also
1: weird generic cage weirdness sweet bird of freedom yeah he just says to no one in particular
0: yeah <laughs> no yeah. that is a definite cage like ad lib yeah big time um as luck would have it McKelty gets set right next to cage um earlier we've also seen that ving rames and malkovich were put in individual small cells on the plane where they're yeah. gonna be standing up the whole two-hour Flight that's eight hours long. <laughs> um, outside, we see Colmena step in to screen fake prisoner Sims, and during the pat-down, he secretly slips a pistol into Sim's sock.
1: None of the dozen guards standing around right. noticed
0: this. Yeah, so back on the plane, Chappelle gets real racist with an American Indian inmate seated next to him. We yeah. won't get Dude, into the specifics, but was it's worth l- pointing out. It's like, fucking hell, guys. There was a
1: lot of race baiting like in this opening act of the movie yeah. like, to the point that I'm just like, wow. I don't know that uh, this is making me feel uncomfortable.
0: Yeah. Agreed. Um, meanwhile, Cage has but to turn his head and make the briefest eye contact with <laughs> Billy Bedlam for Billy to immediately have a, a problem with him. He asks Cage what his problem is, and Cage says, just admiring your cage. Cage. He loves to stir the shit, man. <laughs> loves to. It's never
1: clear, though, why bedlam just hates right well the same thing immediately and
0: why does Chappelle recognize him i think it's just like we got to make a big deal about like for some reason he stands out there's something about this guy he's got the glow he's he's got the touch (laughs) so main guard goes over the rules with all the prisoners says keep quiet keep your hands to yourself and if anyone screams spits or bites they get what he refers to as the treatment did you recognize the guard yes but again it didn't look up why, where or he, wherefore?
1: He was in Field of Dreams. He was like one of the old timer baseball players. He was like yes. the, the, sort of the surly pitcher. Yeah. What did what did you throw at him? He winked at me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like that okay, guy. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. I love these like I just love these he those, winked those dudes who are like, oh, you were like a small but memorable part in oh, a very time. iconic movie. Well, I mean, movie.
0: and I thought that he fucking killed it in this role. Yeah. No, he was perfect. Like, he just owned it. He's looking like,
1: around. He's like, my, my, I look around. I see we got a lot of celebrities among us. I see 11 current affairs, two hard copies, and a genuine Geraldo interviewee. That uh, shit's like, I love it all, man. Yeah, anyway, agreed. This is where the the movie's working. Yeah, once we time. in Once we get all the, all the, pieces all the ingredients are in yeah. into the mixture here everything's
0: in the mixing bowl so just then an anonymous prisoner spits at that guy he's like gagging bag this nazi muffin he <laughs> says as he clubs the dude over the head with his elbow he's just like Poof.
1: the dude is an equal opportunity like brutal son of a bitch oh yeah i also like the touch of him like like rubbing like, his eye like oh like i mean the funny bone yeah exactly <laughs> so Ow, like, my humorous my went
0: numb. yeah while this is happening malkovich spots Johnny 23, played by Danny Trejo, says Uh, he recognizes him as a famous criminal in in Espanol.
1: Malkovich has been checking out the Spanish tapes, too, Yeah,
0: So Trejo says they call him Johnny 23 because he's got 23 counts of rape. He shows off a tattooed arm covered in hearts, one heart for each of my 23 bitches. This Uh, is brutal. Yeah. And as Guard Bishop walks by, Trejo says in her direction, it would be Johnny 600 if they knew the truth. And that's fucking terrible. Yeah. That's even, even, that's even too much for Malkovich. Yeah, it's like, uh, come on. So yeah, Malkovich says that he hates rapists, that there's somewhere between a cockroach and that white stuff that accumulates <laughs> at the corner of your mouth when you're really thirsty.
1: And Trejo gives a look like, I can... Ex- I yeah, can, yeah I, he's like, I mean, yeah, I just, yeah, we're, right, like, yeah, we're trash.
0: But in <laughs> Trejo's case, Malkovich is willing to make an exception. Then Malkovich calls over guard Falzone. That's apparently lead guard's yeah, character's yeah, yeah. name, Falzone um and asks oh, stewardess what the, yeah oh stewardess what's the in-flight movie Falzone says he thinks he'll like it that it's called and i i did not like this writing he says it's called i'll never make love to a woman on the beach again and it's preceded by the award-winning short no more steak for me ever and neither of these jokes is very good
1: uh, yeah it's uh, it's like so unnatural yeah no one unless you had that locked and loaded as a response like yeah, unless you've been preparing that Just all say, morning. It's, it's
0: called "I'll never fuck a woman again" and "No more steak for me" or something like that. Yeah, it's, like, it was odd. Um, anyway, as Falzone, who will never call Falzone again, nah. walks away, <laughs> uh, we see Malkovich like surreptitiously removing a needle that he'd like stuck in like way into his hand was under like the skin. Under the skin, yeah, the palm of his hand or yeah. something. Back inside the little office in the airstrip, Cusack's sidekick, the short crop blonde lady, uh-huh. Jenny. I feel like Jenny
1: went to the barbershop and it was like, style me like Gozer from <laughs> Ghostbusters. She had like that weird, that just odd hairstyle, like shortcut, like a.
0: Yeah, It was it was a look. She seems nervous, same girl, to have so many <laughs> bad dudes stuffed into one plane, but. What's the worst that could happen? Yeah. I ask you. He, he insists this is a well-oiled machine as the plane taxis for takeoff. And, and then that that's where we're going to leave you. Yes. Because that was a lot to that pack in one episode. That was a
1: lot to pack and unpack.
0: Yeah. And then pack again. A lot happened in about 15 minutes worth of movie. Oh, yeah, they got a lot of moving pieces to set in place. I'm going to absolutely need more bourbon if Pour we're going to talk about any more I'm of this gonna, movie.
1: Yes, we're going to refill our cups. We're going <laughs> to be back soon. We
0: hope you refill the airplane of your interest in this movie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, no, no. I think this is a much beloved, oh, yeah, totally it uh,
0: is '90s staple. It is. It's. It. I'm enjoying it. We hope you are too. And we'll be back.